This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us. I am Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. I've been up since 2 a.m. since the tornado sirens go off, so Lord knows what's going to happen today. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for October, what is it, 27th, episode 2797. Good morning, horse people. It's Wednesday morning. That means Jamie and Glenn are back to talk horses with all of you. Well, let's be honest. Jamie talks horses. Glenn is just here to hassle Jamie. Enjoy the show. Oh, uh, yeah, we had some weather last night. Yeah, I, I saw that. And it was it bad? Let, well, let me, let me just tell you how nice it is when you're cuddled, gently sleeping in bed at 12.55 in the morning, and all of a sudden... It sounds like there's an air raid. So that's really fun. I had my windows open. It was lovely. I had brought in the horses because they had said there was potential of hail. I did not know there was potential of tornadoes. So there was a tornado about five miles north of us. But they, I got to figure out this siren thing, Glenn, because what they do is they just turn them on. I feel like they should turn them on in the locations that should take cover. You know, like if it's like coming your so way they turn on the whole county or what do they do i don't know it seems like that because the tornado was five miles away and they turned on well I that's think, pretty close when you think about it yeah <laughs> but it's it's a skinny little t- i don't know i just feel like are they trying to make me here's what people say here this is it, it's, it's so funny it drives me crazy they'll say uh are you weather aware today <laughs> that's what it means when you're like, are you paying attention to the weather? Are you are you being weather that aware? That sounds like today? such a millennial statement. Are you weather I aware? I know. Like, are you being weather aware? So I don't know if the tornadoes sirens turn on to make us weather aware or not. <laughs> but um, yeah. So that happened last night, and then God, um, I haven't even heard that in Florida. <laughs> weather are you aware. being weather aware? <laughs> weather yeah. Aware. That, that first text came in from my sister-in-law and I was like, what is she talking about? <laughs> that is so not an Oklahoma thing. That's like a California statement, weather aware. Are you weather aware today? <laughs> so I was made weather aware at 1 a.m. in the middle of the night. So, And of course, my child and Abby slept completely through it. So I was like, oh, I I'm hate that. Jennifer does too. Out. It just pisses me off. <laughs> just- oh. A How are you sleepers. asleep right now? <laughs> we uh, and the middle of the country should be prepared, weather aware today because they're going to they're going <laughs> to get those tornadoes today, and then tomorrow we are going to have to be weather aware because we're getting the tornadoes. Did you see what's happened happened in in the Northeast in in New England? Oh my God. Well, I did see there was a bomb cyclone well, in the Northwest, well, and so the well, and is- they had a Northeaster, uh, which usually in the winter brings you massive amounts of snow, but it's too early for that. They had over 100-mile-an-hour winds in Massachusetts yesterday. Now, and... <laughs> And the thought that the nor'easter usually brings snow is going to tie into one of my weird news stories today. Oh, good. 
Well, speaking of which, our Purina Equine Senior Health segment brings us to Dr. Carmago, who we had on years ago talking about cribbing, and I saw a bunch of posts with people dealing with cribbing, so I thought we'd have her back. She was, I also sent a message to Jennifer. She, she was, when I listened back to it, she was one of the funniest guests we've ever had. So I said, you got to get her back. We also have Auditor Sarah Welk on to talk about Quarter Horse Congress. She's kind of given us an auditor on the scenes report. A crappy list Wednesday. And some weird news. Plus, Jamie has some horse stuff we'll be talking about. And auditors, Drama for your mama. <laughs> auditors, I think that uh, you know what we'll be talking about in the post show today. We don't even have to say it because I think you already know. So we're going to get on with the show. We have a one birthday today. Well, we only have one birthday. After Monday's birthday list of about 20, we have Alicia Hartley. That's it. It's her birthday. You're all alone, and you should enjoy, I hope, with a group. Uh, so, happy birthday, Alicia. Also, a big congrats to Andrea and Jean on their wedding. She's also an auditor. Jean is a brand new horse husband. I don't know if you noticed, she posted pictures in the auditor room of her wedding. It was absolutely beautiful. So, congratulations to the both of them. And we just had well. an auditor have a baby, too. Find out who that was. Can't remember. Well, uh, Jacqueline Burke did, but somebody else? I think somebody else did too. Okay, I'll yeah. we'll have to check on that. Man, I've been dreading this show. I've been just dreading it because I knew I had to talk about something that was going to be really tough. And there's a couple things that I want to make clear. First of all, I don't want anybody to feel, I don't know, I don't want pity or anything like that. I, I just, I, I'm having a super frustrating time with horses right now and I feel terrible, but my daily Winnie goes out to, to horse and hound rescue and I'll tell you why. So I haven't really talked about the, the drama that has been associated with my two riding horses, Zeus and Peter. And Peter is the horse that I adopted, the thoroughbred I adopted six months ago. And he's just such a lovely horse. He's very suspicious. Like, he's not easy. He's not an easy horse, but he's just been a lot of fun for me. But there's been a trouble with the canner. Okay. When I go to pick up the canner, he pins his ears. And gets really mad and 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 kind of just has a very racy canner. So Peter was a, a racehorse and then he got a quarter crack in his hoof. So then he was retired to horse and hound where they kept him in a paddock, you know, for almost, for almost a year to like grow that foot out. So I've kind of taken the canner as like, okay, well, he stood around for so long. He doesn't have a good connective tissue and, you know, strength. So we're just going to work it. I got a Pessoa system. I have had him chiropractor, acupuncture. Then it wasn't getting any better. So, um, we treated him for EPM. I did 30 days of like long and low, and then we treated him for EPM and it just, so, so the other day I was like, okay, I'm going to try the canner again. We've done all this work. We've done the EPM treatment. We've done, I mean, I've, I'm in, I'm in a lot of money, you know, and, and time and effort and heart. And so I'm like, I'm just going to try the canner again, see how it is. And he picked up the canner and three strides later fell, Ooh. but recovered. Like my face was probably two feet from the ground and like, somehow <clears throat> miraculously made this recovery and we didn't take a tumble. And I'm like, okay, that's it. 
it's time. So I call in the big vet who has the big x-ray machine and they come out and they snap some pictures of his back. Jesus. There are two spots where vertebrae are actually growing together. There are six other spots where they're kissing spines so bad that they're smashed up against each other. But again, the other two places, they're actually growing into each other. This poor horse has been trying so hard for me. And the only thing he did was stumble and pin his ears. And he has... So I'm like, what What can we do? Because at this point, I'm like, I'll do anything. <clears throat> anything I can do because I'm, I'm so emotionally invested and I'm so financially invested and I'm so, t- you know, invested in, in every way. And she looks at the x-rays and she's like, do you see this? And do you see that? She's like this horse, you, you, you can't do anything. I mean, even surgery, she's like, I just, I don't see anything working. These, these two places, these spine are like growing together. And this is Peter. You were, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, my my horse that I this adopted was, yeah. six six months ago, and and I, I kept him because he was because he was difficult, you know, and like I didn't pick the easy one that maybe you know I I picked one that I really made a difference in his life, and so to see that I said what what is the prognosis for this horse? What can he do? Can I keep him as a trail horse? You know, and she's like honestly. Because the, another problem, he's been tripping a lot. He trips a lot on the trails, or he trips a lot anywhere. Um, I was like, "Shoot!" So does he trip even when he's know? not being ridden? No, okay. he goes out in the pasture and runs and round and does flying lead changes and looks amazing, you know. And then when you get on him, it's it's this. So she said that the the prognosis for a horse like this, the potential future for a horse like this, is pasture pasture pet. Oh my god. I can't, I just, I don't, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know what, why this disease all of a sudden is plaguing my entire life. Two horses in a row I've had to return. That's, that's, a, that's just, it's bull is what it is. It's just, I don't understand what, what this situation is that is doing, that's causing that, you know, like, is it, is it genetic? Is it? Something that happens when they're babies is it? So I, what what is it? So I, I would love. I know we've we've talked to a vet who was doing studies on kissing spine, and found out that there's a genetic component to it. But I would like to revisit that uh, veterinarian if we could, because I have more questions than answers at this point. But the reason horse now gets my rescue is my, gets my daily Winnie is because she's like, okay, bring him back. And guess what? He's going back and he's going to sit in a pasture with Parker, my last kissing spine horse, and the other four kissing spine horses. that They wow. have like a kissing spine pasture at this point of horses that the last one, they were like, you probably could do surgery, but we don't know what it would look like. You know, and, and then you're $10,000 into a horse. I've had a couple months. This one is not even a surgical candidate. So move on to Zeus. So I've been having issues with him. Now, remind yeah. everybody who Dammit Zeus is. Dammit Zeus is my Mustang, and he did attend in when we still lived in Arizona. And so he came here and had to rest, you know, for like almost a year. 
Um, Dr. Madison Siemens looked at the x-rays on the air and just like, okay, you're screwed. And for new listeners, when you hear us say hashtag damn it, Zeus, this is the Zeus we're talking about because yes, he's also because a huge escape artist. He's a huge escape artist and he is a Mustang and he doesn't run away and try to be free. He runs right to the feed room and knocks everything over and dumps trash cans and like he's like a, a total mess. But I love the crap out of this horse. Like my husband hates him. <laughs> and like, he also lets divorced, all the other horses loose to help. Yeah. He needs, yeah. He needs, he needs, uh, he needs a gang. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he has a he has a he's a crew and and he if like I said if my husband ever left me it would be because of this horse. <laughs> he is so he breaks everything. He's really difficult, but I love him and I love riding him. I've competed him up through novice we've schooled through training level eventing. He's just super spark plug. Um but I've been dealing with riding him for a while where he's awesome on the trail. He's great, super fine. But then you put him in a frame and you ask him to move forward. And again, I've done saddle fit, EPM, chiropractic, acupuncture, and nothing is getting better. And so while the vet was out here, I was oh, like, geez. hey, snap a picture of this horse. And she snaps pictures back. She goes, there it is. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, right there. She goes, but I'm going to send this to the surgeon. I think we can inject it. And so on the eighth, Zeus is going in to get one spot on his back injected. What, and was it fusing or was it? Ooh. They're just, it's just, they're too close together. These pieces of his back and they're rubbing together. Oh, that was So hurt. yeah, but that's what the whole thing is. It's what the whole damn kissing spine thing is. And I'm, I'm at least potentially I could have him back because I, I don't know. I think I've shared pictures videos. Like I put my leg on him and ask him to go forward. And this is a horse that literally gives you 110% all the time. And he just pins his ears and he would kick his belly and he would go sideways. And that is just not him. So that's why I've exhausted everything with him. I've had his hocks injected. I, I took him. Remember I took him up to the clinic to do the lameness yeah, locator right. on him oh, that's right. because He's a Mustang and he doesn't limp and he doesn't show pain, but he will show me pain through behavior. Uh, so that I, I, so he has this one spot, but, and of course I'm at this point sobbing and she's like, I think we can, I think we can treat this one. I think we can treat this one. And she sent the x-rays to the surgeon, Dr. Major at Oak Ridge. And he feels confident that with an injection, he could go back to being normal. What that does is just put some steroid in there and calms down the inflammation, gives it some fluid, joint fluid. And I was I wondering what, what, what it would come back. You'd have to have that done again, right? Yeah, yeah. Don't pee on my Cheerios <laughs> quite <laughs> <Sorry>. yet. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know. I just don't know how that works. If, if, but if they're rubbing together, you know, how does that work? Apparently, one injection in the back is not super expensive at this place. So, like, under 100 bucks. Oh, so, oh wow. It's not like four hundred thousand injections, yeah, yeah thousands of dollars. So, so they feel confident that they can inject it, and then because it's not stupid expensive, if he needs it to keep, this is not helping your case like, with Chad. Him. No, Chad's like, just get the damn horse to have a job. He's driving me crazy. He's been standing in a pasture for like two years, just bored. Aside from me taking him on trail rides, because everything else sucks. So here I am in this situation where I've got to return this thoroughbred that was supposed to be competing by now. Um, and I'm just super crushed about the whole thing. And then I've got, and I get it. I haven't wanted to talk to you guys because I didn't want everybody to flood me with emails of like, Oh, I'm so, so I, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like I've, 
I've exhausted my I'm so sorry's from you guys. You don't have to like, <laughs> do it again. <laughs> like, okay, enough. I it's like, you know, kicking a puppy at this point. I just you know, like I, I I'm just exhausted. But what's awesome is I have a resource like Horse and Hound to let me return him and to know that he will be safe. And and there are situations where, you know, you look at him and you look at Parker, the the last horse that I had that had this and, and I'm blessed to, the, the horses are, are blessed to know that nobody whipped him forward. You know, it's not like I was like, get moving whack, you know, like they, their horses will clearly communicate with you. You just have to listen. And, um, I'm just, I cannot believe I'm in this situation again. I just cannot believe it. And so Peter, Peter leaves on the first and I'm just going to be a puddle, it's after he leaves after the show on the first. So I'll I was going to say, I hope show. so. Cause your video on that day. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it'll be after that. So we'll be, I'll be all super, whatever I'm supposed to be on that show. And then I'm going to be, you know, sitting in my driveway sobbing. So, um, at any rate, good times. Jeez. Thanks. You know, horses are ups and downs and, and I've just had a few downs recently. So the, the thing is like at this point, you know, Miles and Stanley both got their, they're my two year olds. They both got their wolf teeth pulled and they're both fat and bored. So I'm going to put them to work. Like, Hey boys, get in the trailer. We're going on a trail ride and I'll pony them everywhere and I'll do all the things until they're, till they're three years old. Cause they're both very slow to mature. So at least I can start long lining them and start training them. And so by the time I do get on them, it'll be, you know, they'll be ahead of the game, but God dang it. Well, you did so you did a good thing though, by the horse. You've done good things by the horse in every case. So I, I know that sucks for you, but uh, you're doing what's right for the horse. So, can, and there's a lot of people who wouldn't do that. There's a lot of people that would have whipped them into submission and hoped it got better, right? So, yeah, well, we all know how that would work out. Yeah, in this case, it you know, in every case, it doesn't work out well. So. Here's how the here's how that plays out: is you get mad. And then you whip them and then they do something bad and then they get labeled as a bucker and then they get sent. Everything ends up on a truck to Mexico mm. at this point, you know? So I'm all, I'm, I'm blessed to have a, a situation that can take him. And I, the good news is, is I still go visit Parker all the time every time I'm there. Uh, so now I just get to go visit Peter too. And uh, I'm, mm. I'm, 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 you know, my husband was like, I'm just glad you never got hurt on either one of these horses. But I definitely thought I was going down the other day. Like I just gotten a Garmin watch where you did track your falls, you know? And like, if you fall, it lets everybody know. Oh and my I God, remember you would have, half, did it go halfway off? Halfway down. I was like, oh, I'm gonna, here we go. It's the <laughs> test for the Garmin. And, but somehow he recovered and I got off immediately. Uh, and I was, I mean, you were supposed like, to product test that. You were supposed to keep yeah, going. So I don't want to, I don't want to product test crap one. <laughs> I don't want to bait You know what test. you need? You need a little bit of this. I know it's a pheasant feeder, so it looks a bit weird, but it's actually really, really easy. Just like pop over it. It's no props. Oh, what a good pony. You needed a little Kira this morning. I need Kira to come over. <laughs> she's going to come on the show. I've been. Uh, she is coming on the show. I just want to okay. let you know that. So we're going to get Kira on. She's cute as could be. Well, I just want to do cross country and talk to my horse like that. <laughs> I know. I oh know. Oh my god, you are such a good boy. I am so excited for you. That is a ditch. It is not full of alligators like the ones in Florida. So it's going to be totally fine. Here we go. 
<laughs> oh my god. We need to we need to lighten things up before we go to our doctor today talking about cribbing. So uh I have a choice for you. We'll do a crappy list. That'll lighten things up. I have a choice for you. The most popular Halloween candy in every US state or the twenty twenty one Toy Hall of Fame finalists. Which one do you want? Oh God. I said the it was toy crappy. Hall of Fame always just irritates me. Let's go candy. <laughs> you wanna go candy? Okay, well it is coming up. Uh, do you get any trick-or-treaters where you are? No, farmers God, usually no. don't. No. <laughs> That's hilarious. We <laughs> no, have we to go either. to a neighborhood even to get my kid trick-or-treating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't get that either. All right, so uh, let's take a look at some states that I know uh, that I know we have a lot of listeners in, okay? So let's go with Oklahoma. Okay. Uh, let me get down the list here. I, I bet Oklahoma is something stupid like candy corn. No, <laughs> you get one gross. of the best. What is the thing that everybody kid wanted when they went to the door? Full-size candy bars. And which one in particular? Snickers. You, Oklahoma is Snickers. All right. And this actually goes by the amount of candy purchased. Uh, uh, they, they take the sales of candies, and that's how they came up with this study. So Snickers, apparently in Oklahoma, you, you did well. I want a Snickers now. And I got to say, Florida did okay, too, uh, because one of the others that everybody wants is York Peppermint Patties. Really? Yeah. So That's York- not what kids want. You want that. I, I do like York Peppermint Patties. Uh, do I you would like- get a York as a kid, and I'd be like, ah, oh, it's mint. <laughs> Stickers or Butterfinger. So I, Michigan, we have a lot of listeners in Michigan, and Michigan's pretty good, too. Twizzlers. Uh, Michigan and Minnesota, Twizzlers. Now, it had to be the red ones. I don't want the black ones. I do love me some Twizzlers. Yeah, the red ones. So I don't want That's the black ones. That's my movie theater candy right there. I don't, want those. I don't want the black ones. Don't give me the black ones. Okay, so I, you originally grew up in Georgia, so I never acquired a taste for these, and I've only ever tried them once in my life, and I hated them. And so Georgia, Starburst. Okay. Okay, I don't need Starburst because they have gelatin in them. They're yeah. disgusting. Did you ever try them? I had them, yeah, when I was a kid. I used to love them. But, yeah. you know, the, the reason Georgia sells the most of those is because they're cheap. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Now, there's a number of states that have a candy that shouldn't even be allowed because it's just awful. Oh, like, first of all, if you met, if you bring a Whopper in front of Chad, he will flush it down the toilet. <laughs> we used to eat those so. by the box full when I was a kid. Oh, uh, he hates Whoppers. <laughs> Arkansas, Colorado, uh, Kansas. Kentucky, Mississippi, all have something in common. Uh, is it candy corn? Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> nobody wants that. No. That's, do you know what I did with my candy corn last year? I turned them upside down and I drew little Trump faces on them. <laughs> if you turn them upside down and you draw a little like face on the orange part, then it looks exactly like like Trump. They're selling huge ones now that weigh like a pound. Oh, God. I'd rather, <laughs> rather so, yeah. So, some other states. I grew up in Pennsylvania. So, Pennsylvania was uh, Swedish fish. We used to, actually, when there was penny candy, used to go into the store, and as kids, we had this little one down the street that had a store of all the penny candies, and they were open up, and you would just take handfuls of them, and they were literally a penny. Uh, and Swedish fish, I always went after the Swedish fish. Now, it would get stuck in your teeth for like three days. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you couldn't get that out. The other one, what's the other one that everybody wants? Butterfingers? Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Oh, yeah, of course. That was my next guess. Yeah, we give that to Ohio. Ohio did pretty well in the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup family. So the top 10 
We'll go through the top 10 here in the entire country. A candy sold for Halloween. Uh, I don't know what these are. Uh, gold bears? Oh, they're like gummy bears, but like a, the brand is gold okay. bear. I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. No, about it's that gummy one. bear. That's, that's how out of it I am. And you know how I love Halloween. I have so. an eight-year-old, okay? So, like, <laughs> we're experts in all this. A sugar-addicted eight-year-old. Bring it on. Uh, nine, Sour Patch Kids. Yeah. I've never tried one of those. Uh, Lucas loves them. Yeah. Uh, number eight is candy corn. And I think people buy it for nostalgia reasons, but I also want to see the list of the candy that's not eaten after Halloween, and candy corn has to be number one. Do you know what you can also do with candy corn? Is if you take a white sheet of paper, you can draw like it's a crayon. Because <laughs> it's a crayon. You're eating a crayon. It tastes like a crayon, actually. Uh, seven is Kit Kats. I like Kit Kats. Yeah, I do, I do love me some. I'm noticing a theme here. We like the chocolate, delicious <laughs> yes, ones. Yes, exactly. Really now, number six should have been number one. I don't know why it's number six is Snickers. Ah, that's way too far down the list. I mean, uh, Snickers, Reese's, Peanut Butter Cup, and uh, Butterfinger have got to be the top three. They're not? Butterfinger is not on the list. And I am not a Butterfinger fan. I have never liked them. Uh, Jennifer should loves I put them. put in a blizzard? Oh, my God. That's what Jennifer does. She loves those. Uh, number five, Twizzlers. Number four, Hershey's Milk Chocolate. But it has to be the full damn bar, not the little ones. Um, number three, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. And number two and number one. Now, I love these, both of these. So I can kind of see, but I was surprised they're number one and two. Peanut M&Ms and regular M&Ms. Mm. Yeah, those little fun packs, you know. Mm. No, but you're not fooling anybody. Give us the whole damn bag. But do you know how many are in the little fun packs? I counted on average. I had a, I had a bag of the little fun packs because I was trying to portion seven. control because I'll eat the entire bag of peanut M&Ms. Um, so you just eat seven small bags? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what ended up happening. It was totally not, uh, not worth doing. So there are seven or eight, depending on uh -huh. which one you have in that little uh -huh. bag. I believe it. Yeah. Not enough. That's not a serving, in my opinion. That's embarrassing. It is they embarrassing. Embarrassed. <laughs> it's embarrassing. So there you go. Now, there's another. Co there's a couple you have to educate me on. First of all, South Carolina was lifesavers. Are you kidding me? That is not candy. What are you, 94? <laughs> that is not candy. Lifesavers. You're giving lifesavers to a kid? That's what grandma I gives you. Lifesavers, but not, but only because my grandma used to give them. Yeah, to because me. you had bad breath. That's the reason you got those. <laughs> so, oh, red vines. Are these long licorice things? They're kind of like Twizzlers. Okay. All right. That was the other one. I, I didn't know about that. That's in Oregon. Uh, New York. <laughs> you're going to love this. New York. This says something about New York and New Jersey because they both have the same one. Ferraro Rocher. How do you say that? Ferraro Rocher. Oh my God. Hazelnut chocolates. Do y'all burn money for fun up there? <laughs> What's going on? That's New York and New Jersey for you. Oh, and here's another one that is in New Mexico that I, I, everybody is 95 there. Werther's Originals. Aren't oh my those? God. That was the other thing my grandma had in her purse. <laughs> You want a lifesavers or a Werther's, honey? It's and they had good. the same. They had the same Werthers in that jar, in that bowl on the table for twenty five years. Never replaced them. I do love me some Werthers, though. They do, do you? taste really good. Yeah, <laughs> but again, it's because my grandma used to give them to me. It's nostalgic. And the next, we'll do this one last. Washington D.C. Now, this just goes to show that we pay our politicians way too much. Oh God, what is it? Lint truffles. 
I would punch somebody if they told me to give those out. <laughs> Washington, D.C. gives away lint truffles? That shows you That how. is not true. What are they trick-or-treating at the White House? What is going on? There you go. We have uh, the Rocher chocolates in New Jersey and New York. And then in Washington, D.C., we have the lint truffles. So there you go. That shows you where the money is I in this country. I would like a river sport, please. <laughs> I wouldn't know what one of those was if I had been a kid and I was trick-or-treating. They are good, though. We have never <laughs> seen one in my house, that was for sure. Yeah. No, we didn't have that kind of candy when I was growing up. Now, fortunately, when I was growing up and we did trick-or-treating, little miniature sizes weren't invented yet. Yeah. So you got the full-size candy bars. There weren't no minis then. You got, like, Tootsie Rolls is where I, what I got. So here's the thing. I got to tell you, my dad... Another thing, they'll stick in your teeth for three days. <laughs> Yeah, my dad would not let us have any candy. Okay, really? Like, no, we were not allowed to have any sugar. So on Halloween, we were like allowed That's to have a child little abuse. Bit. <laughs> and then my mother would take all the candy that we all got and take it to the she called it the old folks' home, which would be like now a retirement community. And she would give away all the candy to the old. Okay, people. that's child abuse. You should have been taken away from your parents. <laughs> I know. And do you know that my father, who was adamant about sugar, you do not eat candy in this house. Blah blah blah. You know, my my dad literally will mail packages of garbage to my son to eat. <laughs> like he gets an entire box and you open it and it is nothing but candy. And I'm like, this <laughs> is bullcrap. <laughs> Who are you? But then, you know, I wasn't allowed to have a trampoline. And guess what? I bought a trampoline for my son out of spite. And my dad <laughs> never said a word. He was like, this is a great exercise for your child. I'm like, I hate you. <laughs> tormented me <laughs> totally different human now i can't believe you weren't allowed to have candy that's just not right yeah oh no no wonder you're warped i'm not angry at all anymore, <laughs> no and you're not holding that grudge <laughs> <laughs> stateline wanted me to let you know that stateline tack will be set up with a full product selection at equine affair in west springfield mass coming up on november 11th through the 14th also they have some amazing sales going on this week 4-h products up to 50 percent off horse halters sheets and saddle pads they're big supporters of 4-h over there so uh check that out on their website also fitz riding apparel you know fitz started i remember going to ada when they first started all those years ago um but they have fitz riding apparel they have a halloween sale on it 15 percent off from the 27th through the 2nd only so go check that out that starts today also, they have their spectacular giveaway going on right now. Go to Stateline Tech and click on the contest banner. They're giving away $2,000 in prizes, including from WinTech, Charles Owen, Ariat, and Oak Equestrian. You must be over 18 to win, and the, they will do the drawing on October 31st. You don't have to buy anything. You don't have to do anything weird. Just go over there and sign up, and you could win up to $2,000 in prizes from WinTech. That's one you can I didn't win, by the way. use my horse radio network email, so maybe I'll tip it. <laughs> Good idea, actually. And I wanted to uh, remind everybody that Friday we are doing the uh, Halloween. So those, those of you that love Halloween will be doing a little Halloween on Friday. This health segment is brought to you by Purina Equine Senior. So we have Dr. Fernanda Carmargo. Did I get that even close to right, Doctor? Kind of close, kind of close. Yes, Fernanda Carmargo. Fernanda mm -hmm. Carmargo. Camargo. That's yep. like a name that should be in a song. It's beautiful. 
<laughs> well, Fernando was in a song, right? The male counterpart of my name. Oh, the yeah, ABBA yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. You're <laughs> it right. sounds way prettier when she says it. Yeah, it but. does. It sounds. Everything sounds way prettier when she says it. So, now we we have you on in our horse health segment because we had some listeners uh, that requested to learn more about cribbing. And, you know, okay. it, it is one of the things that everybody talks about, right? I mean, we all right right now we have four horses on the farm. One is a bad cribber. And everybody that owns a number of horses over the years ends up with a cribber. Uh, so that's, you know, one of the th- things we wanted to talk about with you today. And so tell us a little bit about yourself, though, and, and what you do. Okay, so I am originally from Brazil, as you can expect with my accent. Uh, I was born and raised there. I went to vet school in Brazil. And then when I graduated, I came to the United States here at the Gluck Equine Research Center to do my PhD in equine pharmacology and toxicology. And then I graduated uh, from my PhD and I now work at the University of Kentucky in the Animal and Food Sciences Department. Very cool. Very cool. And mm-hmm. so now you wrote a paper on cribbing and some other things. And that's, I think, what caught the attention of our producer. Um, what, you know, what are we talking about here with these behaviors that, uh, you know, these kind of addictive behaviors? So are you just wanting to know about cribbing yeah, or, or about, the others let's also? Let's talk about that first, because that's what the listeners okay. really wanted to know about. Uh-huh. So cribbing is when a horse grabs with his front teeth, his incisors, onto a solid surface and then make this characteristic sound as they seem to be sucking air, but they're actually not sucking the air, but they make this grunt noise as they, you know, crib onto that uh, solid surface. So that's what cribbing actually is. It's different from wood chewing, although for some uh, inexperienced people, they may think that wood chewing is the same as cribbing. Wood chewing is actually uh, reported as a normal behavior in feral horses. So wood chewing is actually normal. So if you have horses that are eating the tree barks, that is actually normal behavior of horses. Uh, Now, cribbing is... Uh, stereotypic behavior. It is not normal for horses to crib, although it's very common. Now, uh, yesterday in the elections, I noticed that a lot of states approved marijuana. And one of the things you've heard about cribbing, now you're going to see where I'm going with this. One of the things that you've heard about (laughs) cribbing is that it gives them a high. Is that true? And is that sort of like when you're smoking pot? Is that that kind of high? Well, so research shows that horses that crib... As they crib, they release more endorphins. So, yes, so it is almost like, I don't know if marijuana, but almost like a cigarette smoking, like the horses calm down as they crib. But also research shows that horses that have a tendency to crib have higher levels of cortisol than horses that don't crib. So they are already more of a frustrated kind of a horse and more stressed kind of a horse. And as they crib, they lower the cortisol levels of their body and also release endorphins. So, yeah, so it is kind of, you know, an addiction for these horses. And is it a learned behavior? Why do they pick? Why do they start? Why do some start and others not? So 
crib. Some people, so anecdotally speaking, some people say that they never had a horse that cribbed and they brought this other horse that cribbed into their farm and now other two or three other horses started to crib again. So anecdotally speaking, yes, some people say that it's a learned behavior. However, we haven't been able to prove it by research. So what we have uh, proposed is that some horses are more predisposed, genetically speaking, and when they see or when they're put in the correct environment, which we can go through that, and then they see another horse in the same environment cribbing, they can then start cribbing. But that's not, from a research perspective, it's not considered learning behavior. It's considered that now they are actually eliciting that behavior. They're showing something that they were born with that desire to crib. I've also heard in that, uh, doctor, that potentially a horse's crib uh, one horse cribs because it's in a situation and the other horse's crib because they're in the same situation, you know, and it's a life situation that they are in as opposed to they're teaching each other. They're just all kind of going crazy together, you know, so they all kind of <laughs> learn it from each other, too, is kind of what I've heard it. And and that was led me to my next question is I have a friend that's considering buying a brood mare that's a cribber. Do mares teach foals to be cribbers? So, if the mare, so we think that cribbing may be a genetic predisposition. So, if that's the case, if the mare indeed has a genetic predisposition, she may pass it to the foal, and the foal can actually become a cribber. But what, what one of the things that is actually very, very interesting is that foals from mothers that are overbearing. Don't let the foals express themselves. Don't let the foals play. They're super overbearing, stressed mares. They actually lead, the, those foals have a higher predisposition to start cribbing than mares that are more laid back. So if that brood mare is a cribber because she's stressed, she's frustrated, and that's why she cribs, so she may pass on that nervousness onto her foals. So that can become a problem. Now, when horses start to crib, so horses can start to crib when they start when they get winged. So there is research that shows that the acidity of the introduction of sweet feed to these foals, when as the time that they get winged, they start to show this stereotypic behavior. So they start to crib. So maybe because of gastric ulcers, they start to crib to relieve of that pain. Uh, the overbearing mothers also to, re you know, so they start to creep to show to release their frustration. So that, so it, it depends. I own a farm and I have, you know, 20 animals in my farm and I have had several cribbers throughout the life and I've never seen an adult horse learn from another adult horse how to crib, you know, mm. and I have a cribber right now and he hasn't taught anyone in my barn to crib. You know, so I kind of tend to disagree that an adult horse will teach another adult horse to crib. But if this mare is a nervous mare, is a cribber overbearing, she may teach her foe to crib. Yes. Oh, wow. So so what it comes mm -hmm. down to, what I'm hearing is just like people who are some are predisposed to addictive behaviors and some are not, it's kind of that way. Correct. Yeah. Yes, Absolutely. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay, now everybody wants to know, and this was the ultimate question, and you know what I'm going to ask next is, what do we do? What do we do? So first of all, we need to, well, 
I am of the opinion that cribbing is destructive, okay? A lot of people think that if you try, and if you read papers, you can see different opinions, but a lot of people think if you try to stop cribbing, the horse is still anxious, the horse is still frustrated, but now he cannot show his frustration. He cannot crib, and he cannot relieve himself of that frustration. So some people think, let the horse crib, okay? However, if we just let the horse crib, number one, it's extremely destructive. It will destroy, it will destroy property, fence line, their teeth, and when they destroy their teeth, they cannot, they're not able to chew very properly, apprehend food very properly, and that can lead to other problems as, you know, uh, stomach and uh, GI upset as well. I am of the opinion that, number one, if there is an underlying cause of why the horse is cribbing, say, for example, he still has the gastric ulcers that he acquired when he was weaned, I think the horse needs to be uh, you know, scanned to see if he has gastric ulcers and treated for the gastric ulcers, number one. Number two, horses need to eat a lot of forage. Research has shown that horses that eat less than 15 pounds of forage per day have a higher tendency to crib. And I think it's because of the acidity of the stomach again that makes them uncomfortable and they start to crib. So treat the gastric ulcers Give a lot of forage for these horses in the form of pasture, high-quality hay. Uh, there is other research that shows that different types of forage, uh, so different types of hay, so alfalfa, uh, grass, um, beet pulp, so just to offer that to the horses. Obviously, the more the time that the horses spend outside, browsing and past, you know, and grazing and having um, fun with their friends, their friend horses, they uh, have less stress in their life. So anything that you can do to diminish the stress in the life of the horse, that will help uh, his behavior. Uh, now, a broodmare generally doesn't have a lot of stress in her life, and she's still maybe, maybe wanting to crib. So, you know, so it's just you need to figure out what is actually happening for this, to this horse that he is wanting to crib. Is it at feeding time? Uh, there is what we call feeding frenzy when horses get so angry during the time of feeding uh, that they start cribbing, they start kicking. So you need to calm down and make these horses more calm and less stressful. Hold so up. this is I what I would recommend. I got to stop you there. How do you do that? Because I have three horses that have that are boarded up my barn that have all been rehabilitated from starvation situations, and they are mm -hmm. all three massively food aggressive, anxious, and they kick and they go crazy when it's feeding time. How do you stop that? You that you brought up that point. I'm going to ask. <laughs> so how Help do you me, stop the horse that is? They're so they're so aggressive. Uh, you have to feed them separately and away from any other horse. So if you feed them in a stall and you have another horse in the stall beside him, that becomes a problem because he can smell that horse. So you need to separate as far as possible one from the other so they don't even see competition. They don't even smell competition so they can be quiet. So you can maybe feed one at four, one at 4.30, one at five. However, if you do that, the one that is at 4.30, the one that is at that. 5, they're going to be so angry <laughs> yeah, because they go, right. didn't get picked first. They're going to be so doing a lot more than separate. cribbing by the time they get in. <laughs> just by the time they get in, they kill themselves already. <laughs> so uh, if you can separate them, uh, you know, as far away from each other as possible, that would be ideal. Yeah. So if it's a stall 
situation, you can put the feed bucket in one corner and the other feed bucket on the other corner of the cell, mm-hmm. like one to the right and one and the other cell to the left, so they don't eat as well as smelling the presence of the other horse. Okay. You know, okay. then, and then skip a couple of stalls and put the third one. The one we have here, we have four horses here, and the one that cribs is one that is high strung and kind of just stressed out about life. And he's out all the time. He has beautiful pasture. They feed him endlessly. And so, so you know, they're doing everything right. He's just a stressed out horse, and cribbing's the way he kind of deals with it. Now, Let's talk about collars. Some people think cribbing collars are just cruel and, you know, inhumane. So what's your what's your story on collars? So uh, I think that cribbing, again, is a vice. And the same thing that I think that smoking cigarette, and I am sorry for those that don't believe it, is a vice and it's deleterious to your health. Who doesn't believe I that? I think that cribbing is... <laughs> well, I mean, people that smoke, I guess. <laughs> It's deleterious to the horse's health, and they are—they do have a higher chance of epiploic entrapment colic that needs that can only be corrected via surgery. So it's some, and plus it destroys their teeth, it destroys property. So about cribbing collars, it will detain a horse that is less uh, stressful. So it will prevent a horse that doesn't crib that much from cribbing. Horses that are set and they are going to crib no matter what, so the cribbing collar is not going to have an effect on them. So that being said, you have to tighten that cribbing collar so much to be able to prevent that it starts to break the skin of the horse. And that I don't really like. I don't want the cribbing collar to actually break the skin of the horse. So for that particular case, we need to go back to does the horse have ulcers? Are you sure? Don't feed him sweet feed, you know. There is research that shows that high-fat feed is actually better than feed that had molasses. Um, so that's what I think about the, the, the cribbing collars. There's different types. The one that has worked the mo- the best for my personal horse was the dare collar. That one is the one that works the best, and I put the, uh, the merino sheepskin on it so it doesn't actually break the skin. So that, in my opinion, is the one that works the best. But Miracle Collar works for some horses too. The one that is the metal in the bottom, I have seen horses, um, they just turn it sideways, upside down, and that one is difficult to actually keep in place. Yeah, Yeah, I've seen the same thing with the horses here that we've had over the years. And I think it probably... You know, I do think it's a destructive behavior, but I think mentally for the owners, it's even more destructive. I mean, we just fret about it. And I know I do, even with the uh-huh. horse that here, not even my horse, but yet it's just kind of annoying. And you're going, oh, I wish he'd stop that. You know, so you're constantly fretting about it, too. Uh, it's just one of those situations. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing with cribbing, some horses are so addicted that they crib, they spend so much time cribbing that they stop eating. So those horses at a body condition score of two or three, because they want to spend so much time just cribbing that they don't eat. So for those animals, it needs to be stopped because they need to start eating more. So there is other devices that are used, you know, to prevent cribbing. And that's what some horses need to resort to. So they 
don't die of starvation just because all they want to do is crib all day long. It's like those alcoholic people, all they want to do is drink, and then they look like skeletons. So you, and in that case, you have what we call the functioning alcoholics, right? That can get through the day, and then there's the ones who can't. So it's about the same. Correct. All our references today are coming back to ways to get high or stoned or drunk. That seems to be the, the thing. I could listen to you The talk. horses that I've owned... Yeah. The, my cribbers have always been functioning cribbers. They never were. <laughs> so. We got a new term today. They're high functioning cribbers. They're high functioning yeah. cribbers. They're... And then there's the ones that are just laying in the gutter. Um, <laughs> that's right. Just well, sucking Dr. society dry. Dr. Camargo, that, thank you so much for joining us. We really, I could listen to you talk all day. Do you have an older horse that's trying to age gracefully? Trust the future with your old friend to the number one equine vet recommended senior feed. Purina Equine Senior and Senior Active Horse Feeds are backed by unparalleled research to support the unique needs of horses as they age. Both patented feeds include active age prebiotic technology to support immune function, mobility, and appropriate metabolic response in aging horses. Plus, now with the Outlast supplement built in, they also support your horse's gastric health and comfort. Purina Animal Nutrition, they're years ahead in senior research, so you can have more good years with your horse. Put their research to the test at horseinnovation.com. That's horseinnovation.com. Well, one of the things we ask our auditors to do is give us reports when they go do something cool and come on the show and talk about it. And uh, Jennifer got to catch up with Auditor Sarah Welk, who is uh, from, I think she's from Ohio, and she went to Quarter Horse Congress in Ohio, and Jennifer got to catch up with her and found find out how Quarter Horse Congress was this week, which is probably the largest show in the country. So let's uh, hear from Sarah. And once again, our auditors bring the good stuff. Uh, one of our auditors, Sarah Wilk, contacted me a little while back and said, I would love to tell you about my trip to Congress. So that's what we're going to do. Welcome to the show, Sarah Wilk. Thank you, Jennifer. We're going to start out with, uh, when did you become an auditor here at Horse Radio Network? You know, I'm actually a pretty new auditor. It's only been a couple of weeks now, I think. Yay! Congratulations Yay. and welcome to the fold. <laughs> Thank you. It's been a long time coming. How long have you been listening to Horse Radio Network shows? It's probably been about a year and a half now. I started with uh, Retired Race Horse Radio. Um, I kind of stumbled on them when I adopted my new vocations mare. And then uh, from there, I went ahead and listened to Horses in the Morning and loved that. And I've been listening to all of the episodes since. Yay! Wow, look at you go. <laughs> Yay! So, and you touched on the fact that you have an OTTB. Tell us a little bit about your horsey self. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I've been riding for a long time. Uh, since I was 12, I am now 32, so forever. Um, most of actually what I grew up on was OTTBs. Um, the trainer I rode with, uh, you know, they, we were just kind of in a small local barn. Um, she didn't have a lot of fancy horses, so she pulled a lot of them off the track and just kind of threw me on. So it was a great, honestly, it was a great way to start riding. Um, and so I've always loved the thoroughbred. Um, I have two mares now. Uh, I have a warm blood mare named Tilly. Um, and I've had her for about six or seven years now, and she was sort of given to me. She's very spicy. She's a chestnut. <laughs> so 
she was one that uh, girls going to college and wanted to have somebody that could ride her. So I took her on and she's been my eventing mayor ever since and uh, show jumping mayor. And then my new vocations mayor, her name is Letty. Uh, her jockey club name is Nettie's Legacy. And I adopted her April of 2020. So she was my COVID pony. Um, and I just knew, you know, my uh, warm blood was getting a little older, wanted to um, kind of get another new one to start retraining. Um, and boy, it has been a roller coaster uh, with my new vocations mayor, but I wouldn't trade any of it. She's wonderful. Now you have two mayors. Is that intentional or just luck of the draw? It's intentional. Um, I guess I'm a glutton for punishment at this point, <laughs> but I've had mares for, oh my gosh, I've had one gelding. Um, I've owned the rest of the mares and they sort of found me at first and now I think I find them. And for whatever reason, I've stuck with it. You know, uh, that whole, what they say about a good mare thing, you yeah. just can't beat them. <laughs> well, you know, somebody's got to love the mares because, you know, That's somebody's right. got to love them. They're to each his own, right? That's right. That's right. And then once you do, once you figure them out, I mean, I wouldn't want to compete with anything else. They just give you 100%. But boy, the getting up to that is definitely a lot longer of a road than a gelding. <laughs> you've, got to, you've got to earn it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you definitely earn it. You definitely earn it. So you contacted, <laughs> you contacted me via email a little while back because you were going to be going to co- what, what we refer to as Congress. So explain right. Congress. Yeah, so the All-American Quarter Horse Congress, it comes to Columbus, Ohio every year. Um, it's basically like their national uh, breed show, um, and it's huge. Uh, it runs pretty much the entire month of October, um, and there is a huge trade show, which is what brings a lot of us, you know, non-quarter horse people in because there's a ton of shopping. Um, everything's discounted. It's where I usually end up getting, like, my horse blankets and de- a bunch of dewormer. Um, and everything's on sale, so it's like it's free. <laughs> but um, yeah, it is. It's a good time anyway. There's all that fair food, so you can fatten up before winter. And um, obviously, there's just a ton of stuff to watch. Um, they have everything ranging from obviously like your Western pleasure. Um, they've got cutting barrels, which is always really interesting to watch. Um, you know, your hunter under saddle. Of course, I love watching like the hunter over fences because that's you know what my background's in. That's what I ride. Um, is jumpers eventing and I did hunters when I was younger. So, you know, there's always something to do and see there. Um, so I definitely have been going, oh gosh, it was canceled last year, but pretty much every year since I was you know, a teenager, I think. So what, what uh, classes did you get to watch this year when you went out? Because depending on what day of the week you go or what day of the yeah. nearly 30 days you run the last time Glenn and I went, we were a little disappointed. It was halter day, which is, is oh, kind that's, of a, that's yeah. kind of a slow paced event. So we didn't get to watch it much. <laughs> Yeah, you definitely, I learned the hard way many years when I would used to just kind of show up and be like, oh, I shouldn't have looked at the schedule. But um, I typically make it a point to go see the over fences stuff. Barrels is always really interesting to watch. Cutting's really interesting, of course. And then the big event, which is a ticketed event for a reason, is the freestyle reigning, which is what um, I kind of intentionally went that day to see. But fortunately, Hunter Under Fences was actually the same day. So, Oh, wow. Score for you. Yes. <laughs> I got lucky. Yeah. I love watching reigning, if nothing else, because yeah. you're encouraged to hoop and holler and cheer. Right. It is very interactive. <laughs> And especially the freestyle reining, because the freestyle reining, for those that aren't familiar, um, it's kind of like if anyone's seen like the RRP freestyle, it's set to music, there's lots of costumes involved. 
usually a theme. Um, they are allowed to bring like other people and or horses into the ring oh, with I them. Didn't know that. Um, I believe they have like a set. I don't know if it's a pattern necessarily, but they have to have like a set number of movements. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously your traditional reigning scepter pivots and their sliding stops and, um, you know, canter circles and flea changes and things like that. Um, so they have to incorporate those, of course. But after that, it's just kind of, I mean, a huge deal as far as them, you know, creating this whole performance. Do you ever see riders from other countries at Congress or is it specifically for United States competitors? There was somebody from Canada, I believe, um, but I believe it's majority just America. Uh, you definitely get a lot of people from Ohio, but it I mean, people from all over the country definitely show up and perform. Cool. So, yeah, one of the big deals about going to Congress, as you mentioned, is <laughs> shopping. Tell us about the yes. 2021 shopping experience. Oh, yes. Well, of course, um, all the big vendors were there. We were a little nervous with it being canceled last year and still having some COVID stuff lingering. Um, But actually, I don't really think I saw much uh, of the shopping being any different. Um, Of course, you've got your big companies like your state line pack always has a big booth and they always have a ton of sales. Um, And then Rod's Western Palace, which is a local Columbus business. They have a huge setup there as well. Um, Big D's is there. They always have a ton of stuff. Um, So you get like your big names that you would know. And then you also have a ton of like, boutique people that have, you know, uh, smaller stuff. Of course, you have um, people there that are selling kind of random things like <laughs> Jamie would love this. There was hot tubs <laughs> there. Um, <laughs> You're kidding and, me. <laughs> yeah. The price, I don't know. I don't know. They were probably awful expensive, but you also have kind of like random things like um, like paddock fence people are there. I mean, it's like anything you could possibly think of. Uh, when I, you're I need to know one thing. Aisles. Was the ShamWow guy there? <laughs> he was. Oh my gosh! Boy, that guy is there every year. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, um, yeah, he's yeah. You kind of walk past and you wave and you start to hurry along because you're like, oh boy, I don't want to buy a sham wow. Don't, don't trap me! Don't trap me! Oh gosh! The first time I ever saw a sham wow guy at a horse show, I just about fell off my sneakers because when you when you run a trade show at an event. Part of the reason you have the trade, there's two reasons you have the trade show. Number one, it gives you money in your pocket to help you run your horse show because people pay rent to have that square footage. But it also brings in more people buying tickets because people love to shop. And then I saw that and went, oh my gosh, they're finally stepping outside the equine industry to get vendors. Because up until maybe 15 years ago, you never saw anything that wasn't specifically horse at a vendor show. Now you you see... Hot tubs. Yeah. yeah, you see like people selling like, I want to say like patio. I mean, just all kinds of just like kind of home or ranch related, you know, Cashman's is there, of course. Um, they sell all kinds of stuff. But yeah, it's kind of strange because you're walking along and you're like, oh, that's not even horse related. But okay, <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> did you did you find any crazy cool bargains or find anything like, oh, oh my gosh, I've been waiting forever to get that? You know, I had... So much stuff I bought last year when I adopted Letty. 
that I was trying to keep my credit card limit a little lower this time. Mm -hmm. I did, of course, get like the dewormer and stuff because you can get that, you know, in bulk. Um, And uh, we picked up a few other like little fun things, but not I did not go as crazy this year as I normally do in the past. Last year, I had my new baby horse and I was like, I'm buying all the blankets and I need this for her and she needs a halter. Were there there any saddle pads? I tried to rein it in. Were there any saddle pads Uh, or polo wraps? Yes, of course. Yeah. I've, you know, I fell prey to a saddle pad last year, and I have several. <laughs> so I tried to, I tried to keep myself from buying one this year. But um, my sister actually purchased. It's a horse blanket for dogs, and she actually has to go back on Saturday to exchange it because it was uh, too big. So I might be wrangled back into going. And saddle knows, pads don't count. Really, they don't count. I mean. <laughs> It's the second trip my husband should worry about because I know where all the stuff is now. (laughs) (laughs) Hide your credit cards, ladies. (laughs) There you go. Well, thanks for spending a little time with us today, Sarah, and telling us all about your big trip to Quarter Horse Congress, which happens every year in Columbus, Ohio. Is that right? That's right. And this is the last weekend, if anybody's thinking about going. It ends on the 24th. Ends on the 24th, but it's in October Mm -hmm. every year, so you can't miss it. That's right. You cannot miss it. And definitely, if anyone's interested in going to see Freestyle Reigning, get your tickets like a month in advance. We almost missed out. I had to like scalp them this year from someone random on Craigslist and it was sketchy. (laughs) So (laughs) next year, I will not be doing that. I'll be making sure I get them early. (laughs) Oh, cool. Well, thanks a bunch, Sarah. We'll see ya. All right. Thanks, Jennifer. Have a good one. Well, Jamie, the weird news today is sponsored by Total Saddle Fit. I know that you have a lot of their products. What are you using currently? Oh my gosh. I use the shoulder relief girth, which is just awesome. It's an angled girth. So it gives a little bit of relief. And when the horse is moving forward, you know, and then the other thing is the stability stirrup leathers. And I have two pairs of those. I have one on my dressage saddle and one on my jump saddle. And I talked about Peter falling the other, almost falling the other day. And I had my stability stirrup leathers on my dressage saddle riding him. And I really, I mean, it just makes a huge difference in your stability on the back of the horse. So I really believe in all of their products. I mean, the shoulder relief girth, it just, horses just breathe easier with it. I feel like you put it on, they're like, thank God. And then the stability stirrup leathers, you're like, thank God. Well, you know, (laughs) did you see the one auditor posted that uh, she went and got a new saddle and rode in it for the first time without her stability stirrup leathers? And she said, I didn't ride in a second time. I went home and put them on immediately because I didn't, she had been using them for so long, she forgot how nice they were. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I have two jump saddles, different sizes for different horses, and one of them doesn't have it on. And I can totally tell a difference. And it's not like it makes you lazier and less strong or takes away your balance or anything. It just, what you are, it just makes you that much better. So it is, it is pretty awesome. You can go to totalsaddlefit.com and check them out. It is that time. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News. If you're looking around at news and you're like, wow, that's a weird story, you should email it to me, jamie at horseradionetwork.com and get and help me out with this segment that I, I call weird news because I was reading news. You know, I'm always like, if I'm up at 3 a.m., I start looking through the news and then I, there's just so many weird things that happen. And so I would like to think... Allie, Anna, April, 
all with an A. In case you're wondering, people. Jamie and I don't sleep well, apparently. No, no. <laughs> especially when sirens go off at 1 a.m. Uh, also, Loreen and Glenn sent me one too. So let's start with this one. I really feel like I can't, I can't figure out where this is. Okay, this is in New York, and it's in a town called Sleepy Hollow. And this was like a major news story. And I just thought that was weird because it seems like the, a non-story. <laughs> the title of Not the article. Not much like, happens in Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> nothing happening in Sleepy Hollow because the title of the article is Emergency Responders Free Puppy with Paw Stuck in Bathtub Drain. Yes. That made the Police. news? <laughs> Police and firefighters in New York came to the rescue of a puppy that became trapped in her family's bathtub. So apparently they called the police. Their one-year-old chihuahua named Daisy got her paw stuck down in the bathtub drain. I'm assuming when they were bathing her. And her paw got stuck and she couldn't get out. And the more they, she struggled, the more swollen it got. So they called, who else? The Sleepy Hollow Police Department, who then called the Sleepy Hollow Volunteer Fire Department. And personnel from there came over. And then they had to call Donovan plumbing and a plumbing came over to the scene to disassemble the drain uh they were able to get the drain out then they had to take it to the veterinarian where they wrote me these wire cutters to free her paw this was a literally a giant news story in sleepy i feel like, if we made a list of the 10 dog breeds that get in the most trouble chihuahua has to be at the very top it's right up there <laughs> it right has up to be. there it- I can barely hear that. But um, so, you know, uh, this is in Coronado, California. Neighbor sees that there's somebody in the house next door and their their neighbors. It's it's some activity at the house next door. And they're like, huh, I thought our neighbors were out of town. Weird. So they call the police. They're like, hey, there's somebody in our neighbor's house. Good neighbors, you know, like the police walk in there and they can see somebody upstairs in the, in, in the bedroom and they open the door and they're like, hey, get down here. And this lady comes down and she's like, can I help you? And they were like, what are you doing here? And she's like, this is my house. And they're like, no, it's not your house. This is not your house. She's like, yeah, it is. I have a key. She called a locksmith. And told the locksmith she couldn't get into her house and needed a new key. And a locksmith took the lock off the main door, replaced it, and gave her the key and drove off with like, I don't know, 75 bucks in his pocket. And it wasn't her house? It's not her house. Wow. <laughs> it's not her house. Um, yeah. They just the neighbors happened to see somebody like messing around. And there's a woman that like. She said she told the police the home was hers and that she called the locksmith earlier to change the front door's locks because the neighbor had the key. And they, they, they said that's how the police got in the house is the neighbor's like, I have their key, their spare key. And they went to put in the lock and it didn't work. And they were like, why doesn't this lock work? So they banged on the door. The lady comes down. She's like, no, I live here. They're like, no, you don't. <laughs> you know what? You're under arrest. <laughs> so she has been arrested for beanie. That was a lady else. with a plan. She had to go through a lot to get into that house. Right? It's <laughs> like so weird news stories. All right. You were talking about how the last few days have brought colder temperatures to Minnesota and Wisconsin. I'm I, I'm going to have to tell you, shockingly, alcohol was involved in this decision <laughs> that this man made. Um, so <laughs> the police department got a phone call and they're like, uh, 
Yeah, we're going to need some help out here by the so-and-so pond. Uh, I'm, I'm here, and uh, I need some help. And the police drive up. And I guess this guy in Barron County, Minneapolis, thought that, you know, with the colder temperatures, the pond should be frozen. So he drew, he's got an ice fishing truck thing, you know, like one of those campers for ice fishing on the back of his truck. And he drove onto a, a pond. Pond wasn't frozen. <laughs> so he literally just drove into a lake and thought he was going to set up camp. And I'm looking at the picture right now. And it is a picture of a, a big old pickup truck with a camper on the back flipped over and it is up to the windows and water. So he didn't just drive on a little, he's like, Hey, <laughs> Bobby, check it out. See if it's good. He just was like, let's go, let's go. So, um, the, uh, police, I gotta love police departments that have Twitters. Um, they posted that picture and they said, we want to let everybody know that the driver was okay. Alcohol was a contributing factor <laughs> to this case. And we take these cases very seriously. Um, make a plan, blah, blah, blah. If, if you know anybody who needs help with alcohol or, or drug issues, there is help available. The ice is not ready yet. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you are one pathetic loser. <laughs> yeah, oh. I had to give him that. That's I mean... There's there's a couple I could go. First of all, there's it's a, it's a, actually a huge story, but I got a little bit of a little tease of it, which is the U.S. couple accused of selling nuclear submarine secrets. Have you read that story? Yeah, that that was a serious story. They're going to go. They're going away for life. Uh, but he was like hiding like zip drives in peanut butter sandwiches yes. and handing them. To- <laughs> yeah, so I did see that one. That's funny. But not funny. But this one, and, I and have apparently to... they did it because they were broke. They needed the money. So yeah, they were selling nuclear marine uh, su- uh, the, the the secrets, and I think they were asking like a hundred grand. Like you should up your price. Yeah, hundred million maybe for that one. Hundred million. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're gonna go to our last one here, which is um, I just, I mean, you need the um, the mugshot associated with this one. Well, maybe you don't because. I'm going to have nightmares that this person exists in the world. And this is in Jefferson city, Missouri, a woman here's, well, I'll just read you the title of the article. Cause if you don't click on this one, when you see it, I don't know who you are. Woman charged for running naked on football field while high on heroin in front of eighth graders. <laughs> There's a lot going on in that title. <laughs> Lacey, that isn't a bait you, click title at all. <laughs> I mean, that is the biggest clickbait I have ever seen in my entire life. Apparently, this woman was high on heroin and jumped the fence into the football stadium, like a high school football stadium, and ran onto the field where students were participating in a youth program. There were children from the age of like 14 all the way up to I guess 13, 14 to 15 year olds that were running around in this field. She strips her clothes off and starts running around the field. And she said later on when she was arrested because they, ta- you know, God help they were wearing hazmat suits because it was a mess. They tackled her, arrested her. And she said she was looking for help because she thought she was going to die. I mean, if I think I'm going to die, the first thing I do is get naked and run around a bunch of high school Please kids. Please tell me it wasn't one of the kids' moms. 
no, no. Because can you not. imagine his life then from then on or her life from then on? You know what? As you look at this and this is somebody's child. This is somebody's child and oh. it is a mess. A similar That's incident. That's just sad. <laughs> Yeah, a, a similar incident did occur at the Denver airport last week where a naked woman walked around the airport casually talking to bystanders, asking them questions. That <laughs> kind of stuff drunk. never happens to me at the airport. I know, right? Hey, <laughs> this hot naked lady. Trust Was Chad me. there? Did Chad report that one? Do you remember seeing that in the Denver airport? Probably not. No, they don't. <laughs> they're not based in Denver. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, the image of the woman, you know what? I'm just going to let you guys Google Okay, just Google. It was on Yahoo News. Woman charged for running naked on football field while high on heroin in front of eighth graders. Google woman naked heroin eighth graders. Something will come up and you'll see this mugshot. Those eighth graders, though, they're going to be talking about this for weeks. Oh, bless her heart. (laughs) Somebody needs to help her get cleaned. (laughs) Might be too late, but I don't know. Bless her. Hopefully she can get some help she needs. There you go. That's it. I'm done. All right. That's it. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us today. We appreciate it. Oh, wait. I do have have one more. I have my own weird list, if you want a quick list of weird Halloween laws. Or should I say, let's save that for Friday. I'll save that for Friday. Yeah, that'd be perfect. That is our Halloween episode. So Yes. All right. We'll do that on Friday. Uh, Tomorrow is the sales and breeding episode with Kayla. We are... I got to tell you something, what happened yesterday, real quick, before we go. Um, So 10 o'clock yesterday morning, I had to run to the doctor for blood work, which they never did do. Um, So I get back, and fortunately, we had pre-recorded the Horse Illustrated episode, because at 10 o'clock, our internet went out here, apparently on this half of Ocala. Somebody digging out by the World Equestrian Center, ironically, uh, cut the entire, entire trunk line, which apparently is very difficult to replace because it's underground. They had to dig it all up. And uh, our internet didn't come back till last night sometime during the night. So was, we were without internet all day. And, and you don't have cell service without We internet. have no cell service. We have half uh, a bar. So that we you, couldn't... Did you fight with your wife all day? <laughs> I mean, we couldn't check email. We couldn't do anything. So we cleaned, actually. It's a perfect time to clean your house, we learned. So our offices are really clean now. Um, and we played outside and did all that. It was kind of nice in a way. And then in a way, it was like, okay, I got work to do here. <laughs> None of it's happening. So thank f- I wanted to thank Jemmy and her gang over at Flintstone Media for covering the shows that were supposed to happen yesterday. And also to Kayla, who was supposed to come over here last night and record, who changed her entire thing till tonight. So her internet was out, too. Uh, so thank you to, to all of them that helped us out yesterday. But yeah, when you go through internet outage and no cell phone... It's weird now. It's, it's like you're back in the 80s. It is. <laughs> it was so it was. weird. It was, except you don't have a landline. And you so, don't have TV anymore. <laughs> no, you we didn't have TV, TV either. <laughs> that is correct. We went out to dinner last night and to check our emails in town because uh, that was the only option we had. So anyway, I, I don't, none of, no more of that. No more of that. Um, my office is clean now. We're good. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow, everybody. All right. Hold well on, auditors. Hold on, auditors.